Blog Talk Radio. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything. God. 
Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host this evening. And just want to start the show off uh, in prayer. Just ask the Lord's blessing. So, Father, right now we just give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for Christ Jesus. Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you would surround us with your Holy Spirit tonight. As we declare your will be done, your kingdom come. Here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Father, we say, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us, Lord. Provide daily bread. Provide spiritual, natural Relational bread, Father. Take care of the needs. Lord, you said you know what we have need of before we even ask, Father. But you told us, nevertheless, you told us to ask. So, Father, we ask tonight, Lord, your will be done. So, Father, we ask that your presence be with every person tonight. That your truth would mature and nourish their spirits, grow them up into a spirit of excellence, maturity in you. Father, we just ask, Lord God, touch every person to them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we want to start out. We're going to get into the Word for a little bit. And uh, if you would, we're going to be in Galatians. Chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And this chapter is about standing fast in the liberty, your position of freedom in Christ. It's about being free. See, a lot of times we're always looking at our condition, looking at our behavior, looking at our flesh, rather than our position which is in Christ Jesus that we're going to talk about tonight. All right, so chapter 5 of Ephesians. I'm sorry, Galatians. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That kind of speaks for itself there. Paul is saying, look, if you're free in Christ, just like he made you free, stand firm, stand fast. Be consistent in it. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 2, Behold, I, Paul, say to you, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. But I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Verse 4, Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. What he's saying is this. If you think that your works, you think that your own righteousness is going to get you into heaven, he's saying it's not. By the blood of the Lamb. Now, He's not giving us license to sin. 
what Paul is saying is, hey, it's not something you can attain, but it's something that Christ has attained. And if you think you can attain it, then Christ profits you nothing. And the work of the cross is in vain in your life because you try to attain things by doing the law. Verse 5. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. What he's saying is those of us that have been touched and have encountered the Holy Spirit, we know, see, Jesus said that this would be our deposit. It would be our guarantee. The comforter would come. And it was just a down payment, if you will, that the one day We'd meet him in glory. One day we'd be with Christ. And so we, through the Spirit, verse 5, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. What's faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's substance of things you're hoping for. It's evidence of things not yet seen. And it's the same, we we wait for heaven. We haven't seen heaven yet. But we have a hope. There's substance on the inside of us by the Spirit of God that lets us know heaven's for real. There's a substance. Your spirit connecting with God's spirit, letting you know. Paul is saying we're waiting for the hope. And we wait by faith. Even if we don't see something, we wait. Verse 6, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which works by love. What he's saying is it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or you're a non-Jew or Gentile or if you're a Orthodox or Conservative, if you're a Baptist, or Catholic, or Protestant. What he's saying, it doesn't matter here whether you're of this or that, but what matters is faith in God, which works by love. You know faith works by love? Everything in the kingdom is, is one, there's one foundation, and it's love. Paul said we're to be trees of righteousness rooted and grounded in love. Well, what's the root system of a tree? It's the main deal. It's the it's the number one thing. And so we're rooted in love. And our faith works by love. And so the more love that you operate in, the more faith you'll operate in. Because that's how faith works. Verse 7. You did run well. Who did hinder you? But you should not obey the truth. This persuasion comes not of him that calls you a little leaven, leavened the whole lump. He's saying this look, at one point you were running well, but something came along. Somebody came along and hindered you. A little leaven, something you let into your life or someone you let into your life. 
something you began to do or something you stopped doing, whatever the case is. You ran well, but someone, he says, who hindered you? That you should not obey the word of truth. Who's speaking in your ear? See, Jesus said this. He says, I I am the good shepherd and my sheep know me and I know them and the my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger will they not follow? What he's saying is there's other voices that are speaking. Other voices competing. See, we've got the enemy's voice. We've got our voice. We've got the opinions and the voices of others. The only thing that matters when it comes down to it is the Lord, the voice of the Lord. Just like Jesus said, we live You'll hear this over and over and over on this show. We live every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Not just by bread alone. The words of God. So verse 8. So he says, this persuasion comes not of him that calleth you. He's saying, look, God didn't cause you to get off track. God didn't persuade you. God wasn't the one that told you not to obey the truth. It's another voice. It's someone else. It's not the one that calls you. He says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It just takes a little bit of sin, a little bit of disobedience, a little bit of rebellion. Leavens the whole thing. It can ruin the whole thing. Trust me. Years of experience have taught me good, bad, and ugly. Making right and wrong choices all along the way. Listen, a little leaven leavens a whole lot. First down, I have confidence in you through the Lord. See, Paul didn't put his confidence in their flesh. He said, I've got confidence in you that through the Lord, in in you, the Spirit of God that's in you, that's who he put his confidence in. He says, that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. Verse 11, and my brethren, if I yet preach uncircumcision or circumcision, why do you yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross cease. Verse twelve, I would that you were even cut off. I would that you would even cut off them which troubled you. He's saying, Cut off those that are pulling you away. Cut off those that are pulling you away from the word of truth. Cut them off. The Old Testament was this. Touch no unclean thing. Come out from among them and be ye separate. That's what God said to the Jews. Don't worship their idols. Don't worship their pagan gods. Don't take their women. God was very clear about it. See, 
always the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. The three things that are going to compete for God in your life. Your own pride. The, the lust of the eye, the covetousness, the just desiring, you know, what's not yours. God says, don't take from your neighbor what's not yours. Don't touch your neighbor's wife. Don't kill your neighbor. Don't steal from him. Why does God say that? Because it sears your conscience. It takes you away from wanting, needing, and desiring God. The minute you take up an offense with somebody else, then all of a sudden you've taken up an offense with God. Let's get back to this. We'll, we'll go down that trail later. Verse 13. This is about loving one another, practicing liberty, practicing your freedom, not for evil's sake, but to, to love one another, to do right one to another. This is what it says. Verse 13. For brethren, you have not been called to liberty only to use your... only to use your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But to love and serve one another. He's saying, look, you don't have freedom just to go do whatever you want to do. Just to live any old way. But you have freedom in Christ so that you can love and serve one another. 14, for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said it, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. God, then your neighbor. See, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to kill him. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to sleep with his wife or his or her husband. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to lie or talk or talk bad about him. Or try to cause other people to, to uprise against your neighbor. You know, bear false witness. In other words, say things about somebody just to get people to hate them. But bearing false witness. Jesus said, don't do those things. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to do those things. If you love God, you're not going to do those So Paul, when he talks about this, he's making reference to what Christ said. He's making reference to what Christ quoted. And Christ quoted 90% of what Christ said were quotes from the Old Testament. Just so you know, for all you New Testament believers that think that the Old Testament does not apply, Jesus quoted the Old Testament in 90% of the red that you read in your Bible. Interesting. Oh. So verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. God says, look, if you're just going to sit there and bite and devour each other, I'm just going to consume you. Think about that. There's a word for all you husbands and wives out there. There's a word for all you parents and children. 
children, think about that when it comes to your parents. Parents, think about that when it comes to your children. Husbands, wives, think about it when it comes to your spouse. If you bite and devour one another, be careful, take heed, but you be not consumed, God says. Why? Because God wants us to love each other. God wants us to dwell in unity, live in peace, get along. That's why it says, hey, even love your enemy. Bless those that curse you. Pray for those that use you up. So Jesus taught. Oh, but we're, we're justified. Look, but, but look what they did to No, Jesus said, love your enemy. Oh, it's a hard lesson time and time again. How do we learn it? Repetition, mostly. God constantly giving us opportunities to learn patience and the fruits of the Spirit. The only one I think most of us have got down is the long-suffering. Most of us have figured that one out. But the patience, now, a lot of us haven't figured that one out. Why does God do this? He says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. Well, how do you sharpen something? You knock off all the rough edges until it's sharp. You grind down all the dullness until it's razor sharp. Think about it. Have you ever noticed the thinner the razor, the sharper it is? So, to all that abrasion and friction and pressure and grinding and sanding and over that metal to get it thinned down to where it became razor sharp, which means it worked more accurately. It was more effective. It was of superior quality. Once all those rough edges and once all that excess was stripped away and it was razor sharp, you notice that whenever you use a razor, now they've got razor sharpeners. You just stick your little razor blade on there and it just lifts it right up. What does it do? It just thins the metal down. It just strips away the stuff. And that's how God wants us to be. He says, be wise as serpents, innocent like doves. He wants it to be sharp. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. What does that mean? He doesn't want light and darkness to mix. But he wants to separate and divide the light from the darkness. Where the light overtakes the darkness. And eventually the light extinguishes the darkness, and there is no more darkness what Jesus taught. How do we do that? Love. See, it's a, it's a force in the earth that's not matched by any other thing. I mean, what can you say? No greater love has any man than this than to lay down his life for a friend. Jesus was the biggest example of that. 
But who can argue with that? Even those that won't follow him can't argue with the fact that he died and suffered. Even for those that didn't even appreciate him. Even for those that mocked him, and yet he still went through it. Nothing else can touch that. Nothing else can match that. That kind of love can be refuted. And yes, Jesus had those that were spitting on him and striking him and mocking him and lashing him and, and everything, putting crowns of thorns on his head and piercing his eyes. Everything that he went through, all the way up to the cross and then after. And then to top it off, I had to go through hell. But listen, all those people that were doing that to him were the same same people that he died for. <laughs> same people that he died for. And in the same way, how do we take up our cross and follow Jesus? How do we be Christ-like? See, we always say, God, let me be like Jesus. But do we really want to be like Jesus and have to spend the first part of our life running for our lives? And all the way up until 30, preparing for 30 years, for three years of ministry, only for it to end in death. And then as it is, spend our whole time pouring our lives for three years into 12 men and one of them straight off the bat rejects you like a devil and and trades you in. The others can't even stay awake with you when you're going through your hardest, hardest moment. As Jesus was in the garden here, the disciples were asleep when they should have been praying. And then to have all your friends reject you, then to be beaten and mocked and scourged, and then have to go to hell for three days. And then after it's all been done, when you're through all that, and you come out and you start talking to the people that are supposed to love you, still nobody believes it? Do we forget about that? Oh, Lord, we want to be like Jesus. Sure we do. He's our example. We forget about all that. We, we want to be about the prayer and the miracles and the hearing the voice of God and the and the stuff the benefits, Psalm 103, forget not his benefits. We don't want to forget his benefits, but we sure want to forget the suffering. We sure want to forget the mocking and the persecution and the trials and the tribulations. But remember the words of all, consider it pure joy, brethren, whenever you face fiery trials and endure temptation for the testing of your faith produces patience. See, it's all about you being perfected. It's all about you being conformed and transformed into the image of his son, into the likeness. It's you being the ambassador for Christ in the earth. But how are you going to represent Jesus rightly? you don't go through those things that he, Christ himself said 
says, in the world you will have persecution, but fear not, I've overcome the world. He never said he, he would pull you out of all the persecution. He just said, you'll reap if you say not. Why is it we think that God's going to just pluck us all up before the tribulation? Do you see the way that the New Testament church started? I mean, the, the brother of Jesus had his head chopped off and served to the king on a silver platter. Look at the lives, study the lives of the disciples and the apostles and those in the book of Acts. Stephen, the martyr, was stoned. They took big boulders and beat them with them, suffocated them with them, crushed them with them. This is the way the New Testament church started. Do you know why there's going to be a greater glory in the latter house than, than there was in the former house? Because there's going to be a greater persecution. There's going to be a greater trials. There's going to be greater suffering. Why am I talking like this tonight? Because this is the real deal. So Christian, men and women of God, people that are seeking God and people that are playing church. Whoever you are, wherever you are in the scheme of things. Listen, it doesn't make it any less real. See, there's a reason God constantly throughout the word says, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Or Isaiah in the Old Testament, that was New Testament, Isaiah in the Old Testament says, Arise and shine for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Why? See, God's saying, wake up. Why was Jesus constantly in the garden telling the disciples, wake up, watch, and pray? Pay attention. See, he says, we're supposed to be like watchmen so we know the, the times and the seasons. He said we won't know the day or the hour, but we would know the times and the seasons. And if we're watching, we're keeping our eyes turned towards heaven. We're looking down the road waiting for God to let us know when our enemy is coming. And we won't miss a beat. Very important, though, to stay Stand firm. Stay fixed. Stay solid. In the freedom and the liberty that Christ has made you free. So if you bite and devour, verse 15, one another, take heed that you be not consumed. Verse 16. Now let's distinguish between the spirit and the flesh here. This I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, the flesh lusteth, or wars against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These two are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you want to do. But if you be led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Okay, so what is he saying? Look, you got two choices in life. Spirit or flesh, every day you're faced with a choice. A 
why God says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Are you going to serve your flesh or are you going to serve the Lord? If you serve the flesh, there's different things awaiting you. If you serve the Spirit, God says you'll reap eternal life. It's a choice. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now listen to what he says. For the flesh wars against the Spirit, and the Spirit wars against the flesh. These two are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you want. What does that mean? Just because your flesh wants to do something, you're not supposed to just do whatever you want to do. You better check it with the Lord. You better check it with the Spirit of God and make sure it's pleasing to the Spirit of Christ. Make sure it doesn't grieve the Holy Ghost. Make sure it doesn't hurt God. That's right. Make sure what you say, think, or do doesn't hurt the Lord. Doesn't offend Him. Doesn't grieve Him. Now I can tell you this, no matter what you do, it's not going to surprise Him. But you can't offend Him. Alright, so verse 19, works of the flesh, here they are. Now the works of the flesh are these, adultery, fornication, and cleanliness, lasciviousness. You say, well, what's lasciviousness? Let's see. Lasciviousness is basically like covetousness. It's wanting things that are not yours. Things that don't belong to you. Verse 20, idolatry. This is works of the flesh. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. He puts hatred and witchcraft right next to each other. Interesting. Variance, emulations, and wrath. Strife, seditions, and heresies. Envyings, murders, and drunkenness. Uh oh. Revelings and such the like. Of the which I tell you before. I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is Old uh, this is New Testament, not Old Testament. New Testament. Alright. See, if you walk in the Spirit, you walk in the spirit you're not going to go have idolatry and witchcraft and wrath if you're being led by the Holy Spirit you're not going to have heresies or murderers or ending that's right you're just not see it's when we start to do those things see it says you cannot do the things that you want. And see, we're we're under this do whatever I want mentality in America. Do whatever I want mentality in the earth. Instead of God, what what do you want me to do? God, I'll do whatever you want. Holy Spirit, what do you approve of? So the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit, verse twenty two. Is love, verse 1, and from that love, this is what comes, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, 
against such there's no law. What he's saying is, look, if you walk in love, who can put a law against you? And say, oh, that's not right. You're walking in love. If you're walking in peace and joy, if you're walking in gentleness, if you're in goodness or faith or in meekness or you, temperance means self-control. If you're self, who can put a law against you and point a finger at you if you walk this way? I mean, all kinds of people can say a lot of things, but if you're truly this way, it's not going to wash with the Lord. They can point all the fingers they want, but if you're this way, so we need to begin to ask the Lord, Lord, help us walk in your spirit. Help us walk in love, Father. Help us walk in joy. The joy of the Lord is going to be our strength. Help us to walk in peace, the peace which passes all understanding. Help us to walk in long suffering. Help us to walk in gentleness, a gentle spirit. Help us to walk in goodness, Father. Help us to walk in faith, because without faith, Father, it's impossible to please you. Lord, help us to walk in meekness and self-control. See, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Some say power, love, and self-control. Here it goes. Against such there is no law. 24. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and its love. With its affections and its love. If you're Christ, you learn to crucify those things. What do you set your affection on? Is it Christ? Is it things above or is it things below? So you have to crucify those negative affections. What do you set your, quote-unquote, your lust after? Lust, we always think of it as sexual, but lust, in this sense, is what you crave or desire. It doesn't have to be sexual necessarily, but it's anything that's not God. When you begin to let your appetites and your desires get away from you to where you begin to fill the void with something that's not God. It could be shopping. It could be an addiction. It could be sex. It could be religion. Yeah. It could be working too much. Think about that. Or maybe not enough. <laughs> you know, there's. I mean, there's always a flip side to the coin. But he says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and love, which means where is your desires? Where are your affections? Are they on Christ? Are they on the things of God? That's what this is speaking to me. I don't know about you guys. 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Verse 26, let us not be desirous of vainglory, Provoking one another and envying one another. That's what he's saying. So this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we're going to take a break here for a minute. That was the fourth, I'm sorry, the fifth chapter of Galatians. And we're going to get into chapter six and wrap it up for the night. Praise God. If you need to uh, call in to listen in, 619-638-8458. We won't be taking any calls. We don't have a switchboard up tonight. 
Uh, chat room may be open. If it is, feel free to get in there and chat amongst yourselves. Uh, I just have some prayer requests, so we want to lift up some prayer for a little bit, then we're going to get into chapter 6. I just want to give a shout-out to Terry out in Alaska, and we're going to pray for her tonight. Those of you that are praying intercessors, uh, you know, when we call out people's names or issues or things going on, uh, write them down, pray for them. If you see things in the chat room, sometimes I'm in there. uh, If you see prayers in the chat room, write those down, pray for them. And, of course, we pray for the emails and stuff that come in. So right now we want to pray for Terry, our cousin Terry. Uh, my wife's cousin, so I guess that makes her my cousin too. Uh, just want to pray for her and her two daughters. Uh, they're just seeking the Lord, and they need to hear from God right now. They need clear direction right now. Anybody need clear direction? Well, pray for Terry, and maybe the Lord will give you clear direction as well. So, Father, right now we pray for Terry, Lord, and her daughters. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would lead her and guide her by the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask your will be done and your kingdom come in her life, Father, that you would lead and guide her just as we're talking by your Spirit tonight. That, Father, you would begin to download, Lord, your decisions, your desires, your plans concerning her daughters. Father, we pray that you'd give her wisdom. That, Father, you'd Help her to train up her children in the way they should go so that when they're old, they don't depart from it. And even when they're young, they don't depart from it. But the Father, they would stay in tune, stay in step with the plan of God for their lives. Father, we pray, Holy Spirit, keep them in the way. Keep them in the ways of God. Keep them in the plan of God. And Father, we pray your hedge of protection around them. Father, we pray for those in Alaska, Lord, that you would just bring revival bring and birth revival in that land, Father, in the cities and the towns and those places. And Father, we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in that area. Lord, we just speak your blessings over Terry. Father, right now we just pray for those that are needing healing in their bodies. Father, right now we just declare, Lord, that you are a healer. Father, we just declare by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. And, Father, right now I just speak to those that are sick in their bodies or they're believing for someone that is sick in their bodies. Right now I declare the Lord is the one that heals you. God will forgive all your iniquities and heal all your disease, Psalm 103.3. God's the one that sends his word to heal you. All things are possible if you will believe. With God, nothing is impossible. So realize Jesus healed every sickness and disease among the people. Begin to believe that. Just begin to reach out and believe that. What do you have to lose if the doctor's already told you there's no hope for you? Then you better start believing what Jesus has to say because there just might be. Start believing what Dr. Jesus says. Believe the report of the Lord, not the report of man. Hey, at least at least take it on fighting. You know, at least take it on. See, if you're if you're facing an enemy, you don't just lay down and let your enemy whoop you. You you take on fight. Yeah, Jesus said turn the other cheek. Okay, but this is different. We're talking about spiritual enemy. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with principalities and forces of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, things that try to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. 
So, Father, right now we just speak to those sick bodies right now and declare in Jesus' name. Father, by the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. By the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. Your blood is speaking for them right now. Lord, you bore their infirmities. You bore their sicknesses. Lord, give them joyful hearts. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength, and let joyful hearts do good like medicine to them. Right now, Father, we declare for all those believers, Father, you've given power to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. When we lay our hands on the sick, they will recover because we believe the word. When we speak healing, just like you told us about the power of the spoken word, Father, we believe tonight in Jesus' name these bodies are being healed. Diseases are going now in Jesus' name. No weapon formed or fashioned against the children of God will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against them will be condemned. So, Father, we seek healing. Pray for those that are believing for unsaved loved ones. If you're believing for your unsaved loved one right now, friends or family that need Christ, maybe it's a coworker, maybe they're not even a friend, maybe it's your enemy. Maybe it's someone you can't stand at work. Maybe it's that annoying neighbor that you have to put up with. Maybe it's the person that cuts you off in traffic. Listen, pray for them. Pray that God reveal himself to them. Pray the will of God and the kingdom of God come and be done in their lives. Why? This is what Jesus told us to do. And sometimes... See, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But it's the power of God to them that believe. If you'll begin to take the words of Christ and apply them in your life, you'll find the truth in it, you'll find the power in it, you'll find the blessing in it. But more than anything, you'll find Christ in it. You'll find the Holy Spirit in it. And you'll have been adopted by a Father, a Heavenly Father, that you can go to any time in your life. And that's why we need to pray for those that are not saved. Pray. See, God wishes that none perish, but that all come to repentance. Listen, not everybody is going to come to repentance, though. Not everybody is going to make it into heaven. But we need to pray. Jesus said the fields are right unto harvest. Harvest is plenteous. The laborers are few. He said, look, they're ready. They're ripe. Their hearts are ready, but nobody's telling them. Father, tonight we pray that you'd send laborers into the harvest. We pray that you would move on your people, Father, those that are believing for their unsaved family. We pray salvation over their unsaved family, but we also pray that they would begin to be the light and begin to speak into their family's lives. Father, those that are believing for unsaved friends and coworkers, maybe that annoying boss or coworker, Father, let them turn the other cheek. Let them swallow their pride and begin to be the light in the midst of the darkness, begin to be the light at the workplace. As we pray right now, Father, for those workplaces to be turned to the glory of God. And Father, for those that are just believing for your miracle power, for your transforming salvation in the lives of their, their loved ones, Father, we just pray, Lord, not only would we be saved, but our whole household that you're turning hearts, Father, towards you. No one can come to God unless the Spirit draw them. So we say, Father, draw them by your Spirit from the north, south, east, and west. And we pray that your glory would cover the earth, 
Your glory would cover the United States. Your glory would cover Canada. Your glory would cover Alaska. Your glory would cover Australia, Russia, China, Singapore. Those that are listening, India. Father, we just pray, Lord, those that are listening from South Africa and all your people that are worshiping you all over the earth, we pray, Father God, cover them with your glory. Cover them with your blood. Open their ears and their eyes to hear your voice and to see from a heavenly perspective. Father, we just ask this in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Amen. All right, so we're going to do Galatians 6. We're going to sign off. If you're just tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. If you have any prayer requests, go ahead and email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com or you can check out the website. We've got a prayer request box there on www.prayerinternational.org. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into chapter 6. Bear ye one another's burdens. It's about bearing burdens. It's about helping people. Spiritually and practically. All right, verse six or verse one, chapter six. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fault, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. What is he saying? Look, when somebody falls, you don't kick them when they're down. You help them up, and you help them get restored, and you help them get on track. And there are spiritual guidelines for that throughout the Word. But we're not here to expand on that. But it is something that Paul touches on here in Ephesians. I'm sorry, in Galatians. So you who are spiritual should restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. In other words, don't get so prideful to think that it can't happen to you. Because just when you think that it won't, guess what? God will rock the boat. He'll he'll shake you up. He'll put all those things across your path so that he can show you, hey, there's only one good, and that's God. Chapter, I'm sorry, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself, but let every man prove his own work. Prove your work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. In other words, carry your own load. Do your best to carry your own load. But then go a step further and try to help someone carry their load whenever you can. Or whenever God tells you to. When the opportunity presents itself and as you're led by the Spirit of God. Verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. So, get taught in the word. In other words, understand this Bible. Get deep in the word. Get to know the word of God, the Bible. And then communicate it to others. 
Verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That's pretty simple. God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Verse 8, He that sows to the flesh shall reap corruption. He that sows to the spirit shall reap life everlasting. Verse 9, But let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. See, there you go. If you don't stop, God says he will reward you. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to those that are in the household of faith. So do your best to do good to people, especially if they're Christian. If you're a Christian. That's what the word says. Especially if they're in the household of faith. Interesting. See, God takes care of his own. And he expects us to do the same. Verse 14 is about motives. Motives. Verse 11. Sorry, not 15. Verse 11. You see how large a letter I have written unto you with my own hand? As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that you may go in your flesh. What are they saying? These Jews had all these rituals they had to keep. And when the Gentiles would get converted, the Jews would try to get the Gentiles to keep all the rituals. But the Jews wouldn't even keep the rituals that they were trying to get the Gentiles to keep. So Paul calls them out on it and says, look, guys, you guys are trying to get people to do things that you yourself can't even do. So what's your motive? Is your motive to get them closer to Christ? Or is your motive to take all the pressure off of you and make you look better? We all have to check our hearts. What's our motive? When it gets down to verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. What's he saying? God forbid that I should bless in anything except for Jesus. If there's anything I'm going to brag about, it's going to be Jesus. That's what he's saying. Verse 15. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availed anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. That's what avails. That's what profits. See, prayers that accomplish much, a Christian life that accomplishes much, is when you're a new creature. Verse 16, And as many as walk according to its rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear my body the marks of Jesus. So he, he suffered for his faith. Brethren, in grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, be with your spirit. Amen. Praise God.
Listen, this is chapter 6. We just finished it. We did 5 and 6 of Galatians. We are winding down. Let's just pray. Father, we just pray that you'd help us to walk in your spirit and not in the flesh. Help us to obey you and not our lusts. Help us to obey you and not our own desires, but let us set our affections on the things above. Let us set our affections on heaven. Let us set our minds on the things above and not on the things below. So, Father, we just pray for your people tonight. Give them spiritual eyes. Give them spiritual ears. And keep them in tune with you. Help them to have a deeper understanding of who you are. Grant them your wisdom, Father, that they would begin to do things like you would have us to do. But, Father, we just pray that your peace go with everybody, Father, that they be blessed, that they be endued with power for success, Father, and excellence in everything that they do. Father, that you would just stir up the gifts of faith in the hearts of your people. You said faith comes out of hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we pray tonight, Father, as your word went forth in these two chapters of Galatians, that it would stir up faith, it would build faith, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Lord, and we just declare your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, if you missed some of that, you can always check out our archives. Website is www.prayerinternational.org. Our email address, again, is prayerinternational at gmail.com. And check out our devotionals or videos or whatever you want once you get onto the webpage. There'll be a few different tabs there. You can check that out. Feel free to make donations if you want to. Uh, You can check out the website as well uh, just to help us keep our costs down. And, uh, you know, feel free. So listen, be blessed. And we just ask uh, the Lord be with you. We'll see you tomorrow night. We'll be with you tomorrow night. In Jesus' name, amen.